Welcome to Bites of Light with Angel and Seth Rohr. Our mission is to bring bite-sized nuggets of information to be digested as you please. Take a quick bite or stay for the whole party. Pleasure being the main component of our mission, we will also bring other humans into our space to share their magical brew with us all. Love, service, and wisdom is what we are bringing to the table. Join us in our magical kitchen, where what is being served is for your highest good. Hello, everyone. My name is Grace. Thank you, Angela, so much for, first of all, coming into my life. And I'm going to say here, being set up to come into my life <laughs> over a year ago. By I'm going to not, not to be too weird, but to say that by, I'm going to say Spider Woman. So let's bring in the Wonder Women, Spider Women characters right away. And I truly believe that Spider Woman set us up and, and was choreographing us meeting long before we even had any inkling to that. So, and uh, yes, to be here today and really honor my work is about honoring these beings that we call autistic or that have autism. Some of you who know me and have read my book know that I've reframed the word from A-U-T-I-S-M to A-W-E, ah, tis them. And what I love about that is really it's their reflection of us that is what gives that name. They are here, I believe, to raise the consciousness, to take us to another level of consciousness. And that's why A-W-E seems more appropriate than just regular A-U-T-I-S-M. So thank you. Why don't you explain a little bit about what your book is and what that journey is? So my book, it's a very small book. Here's a little copy of it. It's very thin. You can see I basically wrote what I felt I needed to write. I wanted it to be a reference book for parents, ultimately. I do actually have a picture in my mind of the one particular woman who would read this and it would really, really help her. And then because we're all connected, it just keeps my journey going until I actually meet her, that one person I see in my mind's eye. I will continue to take the book with me and and talk about the book. But it's called Children of Autumn, Autism Here on Purpose. And it's called that because Children of Autumn, the Children of Autumn piece came to me 26 years ago. My son was one years old. I was living in Toronto at the time. And I'd never written a song before. I'm a singer. I love to sing. But I'd never written a song. I had no intentions of writing a song. And I was going to the grocery store and he was in the carriage. And all of a sudden I started to sing this song, which I didn't actually take too much. I wasn't like, ooh, I'm singing some really cool song. I was just singing because I'm always singing. And it was only till I got to the bridge of the song where something happened to me. And the bridge of the song, the last line of the bridge of the song is the light in you had started to fade. And what happened is when my soul and my, my spiritual body or my emotional body heard that, I literally, I literally started to bawl my eyes out. And that's when I woke up to realize, wait a minute, this song that I've been singing, words, music, everything, doesn't actually exist in consciousness, but it's just come through me fully for music and words. Mm-hmm. So I turned the carriage around and I went back home 
And this was long before I had a cell phone anyways. So I wrote down all the words, which fascinatingly I remembered. And it spoke about a people that had come from a long time ago to help basically us remember who we truly are. So that's the children of autumn part. And that piece has really become my life's work. And if you listen to people like Joseph Campbell, he's talked about it. He's talked about people who receive a song. And if they don't listen to that song and activate that song, they've missed their whole life's purpose. So I know that is definitely my life's purpose. Now, if I had just put out a book called Children of Autumn, people would be like, what? What is that? (laughs) What do you mean, Children of Autumn? What does that mean? So we were looking for another piece to add to that. And then it was in a dream. And I I know we've spoken about dream time together. Um, and, And it was literally in a dream in Saskatchewan where this piece came through, Autism Here on Purpose. And I was like, oh my, you just know, right? You just know. I was like, that's it. Like, that's it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. That's it. And then I went into terror about it because I thought, oh my God, every parent on this planet is going to kill me. What is she talking about? Autism here on purpose. Like, this is hell, right? It's very challenging to have an autistic child. I'm not going to lie about that. It's been the biggest initiation of my life. But... When you read my book, you understand, or if you see me in in giving a presentation, why I say here on purpose. And what I can clue you into is basically that, you know, if you choose to work with your child, you become a more loving person, you become a more flexible person, you become a more creative person, you become a less judgmental person, your ego pretty much gets diminished. (laughs) <laughs> which is challenging. I will, yes. I will admit, I will be the first to admit, but it really does. It does. And you get this enormous amount of healing that comes from looking at your own shit. So my daughter was a feces smearer. Okay. Now, if anything's going to push your buttons, it's poo. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I have such a nose now I can smell like if there is like, pinprick of poo anywhere, I will pick it up because I, I got to be really good at that. So just to segue into a story, and I talk about it in the book, but one of the things that happened, so Jules would smear feces a lot, like it was kind of a common thing. And in the book, I talk about the very first time it happened, I literally had like a Zen experience around it, where I had no I was completely calm. I was completely Zen. I was completely in awe. I was just like, wow, you know, there was no emotion. Now, after that, I I had every color of emotion. I had anger. I had rage. I had despair. I had self-pity. I mean, you name it. I had a victim, like every one of them. Okay. But luckily, I'd gone to this place called the Options Institute, and then it was further drilled into me to work with a process called the dialogue process, where I started to decipher the beliefs that I had around these emotions. So why was I responding like this? And I did a ton of dialogues. I did a ton. But what was really fascinating, Angela, was I started to recognize my own shit. Mm -hmm. And I started to recognize my own beliefs that were causing me unnecessary pain. So it it was a big work. It was a big, big work. But I do have 
I brought this out because I was glad to bring this out. One day, I'll just show you this picture here. And I, this is kind of my, my tagline these days is shit happens and then shift happens. Yeah. Beautiful. And I'll, I'll come back to this picture in a second. But one day I was on the phone. My mom was still alive. And uh, we had a playroom by this point set up for Julianne where we worked with her one-on-one. Because my daughter, when we started working with her, was seven years old. She had been misdiagnosed. She was nonverbal. She, she basically could do nothing except for use her hands and walk. Okay. She didn't speak. She didn't, she didn't do anything. Like she didn't write. She didn't read nothing. So anyways, we had this playroom set up and I came downstairs. I was on the phone with my mom and it was like an art gallery of shit. Okay. So excuse my French for anyone who's not familiar with that word, but it was literally like I, I got, I was on the phone with my mom and I said, uh, I gotta go. So uh, <laughs> goodbye to you right now. Yeah. Clean up Julianne, right? Take her to the bathroom, clean her up into the shower. She goes. And then for some strange reason, and again, I knew I needed to document it. Now I could say for, for funding purposes at that point, but I think it was bigger than that. I think it's part of the story now. Yes. And so I, we had to go downtown. I didn't have a camera. So we got one of those crappy little, no pun intended, you know, cameras that you remember those little instamatic ones. Yeah. Yep. And took pictures of all these pictures. Well, many years later, you know, fast forward now, many, many years later, when I was writing my book, my husband now said to me, you should put some pictures in your book. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. And right away I thought of these pictures. And then I'm like, where are these pictures? So I found them second last box in my storage unit and there they were. So now they're sitting on my dining room table. So one morning I come and I look down and for the first time in 13 years, I see this face. Do you see it? These eyes staring back at me and they're definitely female. They are right here. Yeah. You see her? Yeah. Okay. So I look down and I go, what the hell? And I'm like, that's face. Those are eyes. That's a female. Like there's a female presence there. So I take the picture across the street. And at the time I had some girlfriends living in this house across the street. And I go to the one friend, Lynn, what do you see in this picture? And she's a very high frequency woman, lived in an ashram, like meditated many, you know, many, many hours. And she goes, well, I see this little man. And I go, what little man? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes. Old little man with little ears, yeah. right? Kelp beard. And I'm like, what? So now we're looking at this picture, okay? And we're finding all kinds of stuff. We're finding animals. We're finding other faces. We're finding dream catchers. We're finding X marks the spot. I mean, we're finding a lot of different things. And my other girlfriend, funny enough, she's talking to this fellow she was dating at the time. And she's like, yeah, and my girlfriends are looking at a picture of shit. And, uh, you know, it's quite funny, right? But the coup de gras of everything that we found was this guy. And you see where my finger is? Yeah, the eyes and the nose. And there's a little hat. Yeah. And it's Merlin. And there's a beard. It's Merlin the magician is in there. And that was the coup de gras because I was like, oh my God, Merlin is in here. And so my friend Lynn was like, Grace, this is shamanic. Like, this is shamanic. Like, you know, this is, this is not a coincidence. 
And so what I say in the book under that picture is for those who have eyes to see the magic in the mess. Yes. And I think that's really apropos for the times we're in right now, because we're in a bit of a mess, right? Yeah. With the coronavirus and the fear that it's creating for so many people, the franticness that it's creating for so many people, the guilt that it's bringing up for a lot of people, the shame, the, you know, what we've done to our planet. There's just so many pieces to this, right? So there is always, I believe now, after coming through this initiation, there is always magic in the mess. We have to be the magicians in it. We are the magicians in it. So it's not something outside of us that's going to cure this mess that we're in. It's us. It's us stepping into, and we had talked about this about a month ago, the Wonder Woman, the yeah. Wonder Man. Yeah. That's, you need to be your own hero right now. We need to be, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's what is being asked of us, you know? And, and we can quickly find those tools. You know, I've been listening to things that I listened to 20 years ago where they were talking about Barbara Marciniak, Bringers of the Dawn. She's like, you know this stuff. You, you've been a renegade many, many times. We've you done know- this before. Exactly. That's what we need to remember. We have done this before, period. Exactly. You just have to remember. Yes. You know, and, and I think you said it beautifully when you talked about that this was an initiation. Think mm-hmm. about how many other times things have gone sideways in our lives, in humans' lives, in history, and we have survived. We are extremely powerful. And we need to remember that because right now, you know, there's a lot of people in that victim space feeling like they're having their powers taken away. And that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. You house it. Yeah. You just need to remember. Yeah, exactly. And there are so many people out there right now talking about how to do that, you know? So again, if you go through and, you know, I mentioned to you earlier, using tools like the ones you you shared with us a month ago, very helpful tools because all of us will be hit on some place that is close to us. So for me, it was with my children, you know, and my husband, it was like, oh my God. And my husband's mother, like, you know, these people like, ah, there's angst, right? So I had to use tools that helped me work through the emotional, even if the emotions come not to judge them, just go through them, let yourself go through them. There was a beautiful Hopi message that was shared to me by an elder friend of mine who I love with all my heart, Sharon Anderson, this Hopi woman was talking about, yes, you know, there's a lot of fear right now on the planet. And there's even this idea that there's beings who feed off the fear. So the more fear we give them, you know, the stronger they get. And we all know fear doesn't do any good for our immune systems. So that's, you know, you want to move through that fear as quickly as you possibly can. But this Hopi woman, and it's funny, because then it was removed from Facebook, so I can't find it anymore. But what she was saying was, you need to go through through it. Through. You, you need can't to go around. No. You absolutely cannot go around. So you got to go through it. So the other night, I went through kind of a dark night of the soul around my daughter, thinking, you know, I might lose her. And that was really intense, like really, really intense. And I went through a box of Kleenex and it was, you know, just a sobbing mess and used the tools that you shared and came out 
through the hole. Mm-hmm. And then I realized she's here. She's here right now. And yeah. we're going to put on some Bob Marley and we're going to dance, baby. And that's also what the Hopi woman was suggesting. She was saying, you know, us Native people, us Indigenous people, we've been dealing with this kind of strife for a long, long time. What do we do? We sing and dance through it. That's that, right. And so that's another thing I would recommend to anyone listening is, you know, any tools that you have had or, you know, maybe you kept somewhere, find them, like go and find them, you know, stuff. We've been preparing for this for years, for years and years. So I basically, what I did was I just followed it and like, and what I found was that when I flipped over to the other side, the key piece for me was the curiosity piece. So if my daughter passes, let's say, okay, which I will do everything in my power for that not to happen, but should she choose to leave? Because I know she's very powerful. So if she chooses to leave, then she's choosing to leave for a reason. Yeah. So if she chooses to leave, I had to come to a place where I was gracious enough to allow her that choice, which was a big one. Because my selfish nature was holding on to, but I need you here. I need you in the physical. I I love you. I want you to be here. And I realized, you know, maybe that's not the most generous approach. Maybe being, maybe having autism and being a way shower hasn't been the easiest gig on the planet. And maybe she's done. Maybe she's like, you know what? I just want to move on now and I'll always be in your presence (laughs) and you can access me at any time. But this was where the curiosity piece came in was I need to learn how to do that. And so that was the the piece of, oh, here's something else I can learn. Like, and I've shared this with you and I've shared it with a few other people coming to the Summerhill Winery. When I got onto the plane, there was a woman walking in front of me and I don't typically stare at people's back of their heads. I'm always distracted of where am I going and where's my seat and what number am I and so forth. But for some reason, I zoomed into the back of this woman's head. And it was literally my mother's head, like her hairdo. And my mom would get her hair. My mom's passed on. She's on the other side. And she would have this hairdo, though, that she would get done every week. And it was very specifically hers. So I was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. And I was a bit perplexed by it that I didn't even check out the front of this woman's face. Like I just sat down and I was at the very back of the, of the plane. And I've shared this with other people too, is that then that once I got to the winery, there was all these signs that my mother was very actively involved with me being there at that time. And the big one was my mom always had this dream of opening up a healing center and it was going to be called Cherry Hill. Now I love coffee. Okay. And so in the first morning that I woke up, I woke up very early. I was looking for coffee in the place that we were staying, went through all the cupboards. And what did I find? This box, I open up the box and it's this box of Cherry Hill coffee. And I almost pooed my pants. Like I was, (laughs) because there was already other things showing that she was present. What is going on, right? Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, my son, who actually works for Kicking Horse Coffee, was on the other side of Canada in Toronto and was also having an experience with my mother. So we compared notes and that was really fascinating as well. 
So what it made me realize too, again, is when you're on the other side, there's this aspect and ability to really be multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Here we feel con- constrained to the one body, but I do know of people who, and I've met them personally, they've also passed on now, but had developed that ability where they could be in a number of different selves at the same time as being in this one. That's right. So that's where that took me to was, okay, if she chooses to leave, then I'm going to be a great student because I am a good student and I really apply myself with whatever I'm doing. Then I'm going to learn how to contact her and be in communication with her like I am with you right now, where it feels this real, you know? It is this real because, you know, to kind of circle back to when I said that, you know, you booked your plane ticket on the first, on the first, one of my soulmates left this planet. So the fact that, you know, you're, you're contemplating that space of what if she did die, I'm still processing grief from that happening on the first. Sure. Yeah. It's huge. But he is here and he is guiding and he is helping me discern and navigate my life right now. And, you know, there's, we're, we're pulling in some big winged people to help us right now on this planet. You just have to trust and understand that it's a thing. It's happening. Yeah. And the experiences that we are having as humans with this veil thinning on a very, very quickened space right now. These multidimensional experiences are happening all the time. And we're not crazy. This is happening. Yeah. Right now, we yeah. are living it. Yeah. Communication is possible, period. Yeah. And that's, you know, with my book as well, that's one of the things that I talk about was when I was pregnant with my daughter, I had probably to date my most extraordinary experience where. I was guided to go downstairs in this house that we lived in and put some music on. And basically I was kind of dancing to the music and this stream of light came through these stained glass windows that we had and, you know, it was all beautiful and so forth. And then I saw this enormous eye and it was like the size of an elephant's eye. It was enormous. And my brain just kind of did fireworks in my brain. And I asked, what is this? And then I heard, this is your angel. And I literally fell to the ground and I started to bawl my eyes out. And then I looked up and we had like an open concept in our house. And I looked up and on the dining room table was an eagle illuminated in light. And I was like, okay, what is going on? You know? And of course I thought I was losing my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I phoned a very good friend of mine and she, she was awesome. And she, walked me through it. And, and then I phoned my, I call him my husband because we're very happily divorced. And uh, <laughs> I love that. He, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I sent you a, a song that him and I did together many years ago, but it's called Hunter of Peace that you might want to play at the end that he wrote. And then I sang. So it's definitely our mission to, to be in peace, even though we had, you know, we had finished our contract, basically him and I. So I did phone him even and said, and told him thinking he might think I'm totally crazy, but I I had to, he was the father of this child to be coming in and he was really cool about it. I remember him saying, 
well, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. And, you know, so then, you know, later on in life, I looked up Eagle and what the symbology of it is and so on. And it's a big one. It's a big one. As you know. And I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> big, big, big. Yeah. So, yeah. So in the book, I, I joke about it and I say, well, if I would have known what Eagle meant back then, you know, if I could have spoken Eagle, that's what I say. I would have gotten it. I would have known what was coming. Yeah. But of course, I didn't speak that language then. And so I lived it instead, right? And that's what we do. And I think that's what people need to understand about the whole, you can't go around, you have to go through. You have to go through an initiation to be able to come out the other side and understand. You yeah. can't go around. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. We're, we're literally being grounded and asked to walk through the fire right now. That's what we're doing. We are all in the process of shamanic deaths right now. And we've done this before. Yeah. And one of the biggest things you can tell yourself is when that fear is so intense, like, you know, I've had many moments where the fear was so intense, where I just thought I was going to explode. Like it was so intense. Is if you can tell yourself, I will get through this. Well, I'm already through this. I'm already through this. I'm already through this. I've studied the Course in Miracles for 26 years. There's a saying in there that I use a lot, which is there's nothing to fear. God is with me wherever I go. And God meaning all the love in the world, not just some man sitting on top of a cloud. All the love in the world is with me wherever I go. So, And then when you get through that fear, when you, you break through, it's so empowering. And again, there's that Wonder Woman piece, you know, where it's like, yeah, like I, I did it. Get you're gonna need, gonna need your will to yeah. get through there, right? Yes. And you're gonna need to keep your visualization on that end point that you want. What right? is your so, intent? But it comes down to what is your intent? Yes. Where exactly. are you placing your focus right now in this yeah. time and space? Yeah, exactly. That's a powerful. You know, I studied with Ramtha. He talked about that all the time. What I think matters. What I think materializes materializes so be aware of your thoughts you yeah. know if your thoughts are fear-based do the process you know that's in the book or learn how to dialogue or find someone who dialogues or write out why am i so afraid you know tony robbins he talks about the why 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 find yeah. out why am i so afraid what am i so afraid of i mean in my case it was losing you know death that's the ultimate fear yeah. Everything goes back to that. That's our ultimate, ultimate fear, fear of the, of the loss of the body. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. and it's not easy. I'm not saying it is. I'm not like, Oh yeah, just, you know, no, it isn't. But the more you do it, what I found that is helping for me is if you go back into your life and say, okay, yeah, I got through that. It was horrific, but I survived it. You know, I got through that. I got through that. And, you know, we all have these places in our lives where we're at choice. Are we going to be a victim or are we going to be our own champion? And, and you're at choice. At every second of your day, you are at choice. But to have choice, you have to be aware yeah. and understand that, that you do have the power to make that choice. What is your intent? Yep. And sometimes, you know, have a few props around, something funny like this. Exactly, right? <laughs> Yay, I'm changing the vibe of this whole thing. You know, da, 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 da. shake it up. You yeah. have to. Yeah. Or, you know, the Irish, they always have a good time. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Right? But seriously, yeah. like when I was working with my daughter, I learned to be outrageous. And that was something that the Options Institute and Jonathan Alderson, who I worked with for years, be outrageous. Like that's what they were telling me, you know, try any way you can to get to this person. You know, it was like opening up a door with keys. Like you try things and then have have a big toolbox. Exactly. Exactly. So why not make it a little bit more fun and add the creativity piece? It doesn't have to be huge, painful work. This can be fun. It's all about perception. Yes. And the truth of the matter is, as we all know, you know, especially like I'm now officially senior in some parts of the world that we are all moving towards that physical death. We are. Every day that goes by, every minute that goes by, I'm getting that much closer, right? I always toast to 200 years of life. You witnessed me doing that with a couple of glasses of wine. Best wine in the world right there. Pyramid Summer Winery. So I'm, you know, I'm intending to be here a long time. But at some point, I'm going to And (laughs) And nobody escapes alive, period. Exactly. Unless, unless, and I just read something about this, there is a possibility that we will actually change the crystalline structure in our body to such a state that we can actually ascend off the planet without actually physically dying. Then let's start setting intent towards that. Yeah. I just read that just the other day. Yeah. 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 So, you know, children of autumn, I want to bring up to people like Greta Thunberg, you know, or Thunberg, like, She's on the autism spectrum. Look at this child, autism here on purpose. Oh my God. Like what she's done for our, for our world. Yes. It's amazing. Incredible, right. Incredible. And so when I was watching her, I was like, oh my God, these are the children. Like, here we go. Right. But there's a lot of perceptions of this. Cause I also believe we are the children. We are the children. You know, we're the children of, of the prime creator. We're the children. And we're here on purpose too. And we need to remember what that purpose is. We need to get rid of our emotional baggage, clear it out as quickly as we can and get on purpose. Because the more of us that are on purpose, the easier this ride's going to be and more fun it's going to be. And the thing is too, with all of these modalities that, that is across the world, there's the same philosophy and the same underlying message. We're just speaking different languages. So I highly, highly, highly recommend be bilingual, be multilingual, learn as many languages as you can, because the more you play and experiment and practice with all these different languages, it allows the education and your DNA to actually activate and have in your body. You know how many books you've read, You know how many seminars and how many podcasts and everything that you've read and listened to, it all sits up here. It needs to be integrated down into your body. You need to embody it to be able to live it. And that's why I love the Hakka stuff so much because it it is the body intelligence. It is the body intelligence. So we have our intellect, we have our heart intelligence, but the body also has an intelligence and it has so many different chakras within it, you know? And when we're doing a haka, we're using sacred geometry to weigh different things, you know? And and then, like you said, the language itself, like aroha, when we speak, 
we're, we're activating. We're using Sound vibration is healing. And it is. Right. Right. And this is an ancient language. Like the Mari people are ancient. And this particular couple, you know, they come from a very ancient lineage, very ancient lineage. So, I mean, check them out. Grandmother's Healing Hakka, they've been amazing for both my husband and myself. And, you know, it's, it's all, there's some force, that's all I'm going to say, that's been bringing us all together. We talked about that too with Healing Wolf, of course, that's been working us for years, actually, now. Years. Not just six months or two weeks, but years. And we've been listening. Everyone has the capacity to listen because we're You're all wired at choice. You just have to choose to listen. Yes, yes. And sometimes it's fearful to, to get out of, as Rantha would call it, the monkey mind. Yes. What box that you're used to. But trust yourself. You know, there's a reason why that monkey mind is so adamantly trying to stop you because it's afraid. It's afraid of the unknown. And Rantha would always talk about that. Make known the unknown. Like, you know, trust, trust that if you're being guided to try a new supplement or try this procedure or go to Hakka or whatever, you know, do it, do it. Do it. It's going to open, it's going to open dimensional doors for you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're pulled to certain teachers, lean in, lean in, be multilingual. It's okay to have many teachers. It's important. Yeah. And right now it's really important. Because everybody speaks different languages and you need to find the person that's going to speak the language that's going to unlock your key. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really been the journey of my daughter, working with my daughter, unlocking her keys. How do I get her to talk? How do I get her to read? How do I get her to ski? How do I get her to ride a bike? How do I get her to do these things? But we just, we tried many, you know, we, we tried and tried and, used costumes and all kinds of different things specifically for parents. If there's parents out there or grandparents watching this around autism, I'd recommend two sites, the sunrise program, which is through the options Institute and IMTI Jonathan Alderson. He is in Canada, both of those organizations. And they've of course come together. Jonathan was trained through the options Institute originally. So there's a weaving there that went on. They both share amazing information and potentials for people on the autism spectrum. And so, you know, aside from all the other craziness that's going on on the planet, just know that your child can learn. They can get better. They can, they can blow you away. <laughs> they have gifts to share and they are teachers here as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyone who's worked with my daughter will tell you that she was definitely one of their, one of their teachers. Absolutely. So, yeah. So. Great. I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom and your gifts with us. And it it just goes to show those who dig the deepest shine the brightest. And that is part of the initiation. You got to go through. I'll just send us off on this. When I was 17 years old, I did automatic writing. I didn't know what that was at the time, but I still have it actually somewhere. And you just reminded me of it because one of the things that came through was about digging deep and going in there and really, you know, not giving up, like just really digging deep. 
And at the very end of this automatic writing, it said, pick your tools wisely and you will survive. I promise. Yes. That was a long time ago. I was 17. You know, so we do, we are not crazy people here. You know, spirit, other beings are whispering into our ears, are, are giving us ideas, showing us things, you know, like you've seen in the movies of like something that's blinking a word or a person or, and you know, they're, they're, they're helping us. Yes. They want to help. Like, so, so there, there might be some dark T's out there that don't quite understand us and the love that we hold and want to control us. But, you know, there's also these benevolent beings that are helping us and are always available to us. Always. But they ultimately want us to empower ourselves and to remember who we are. So they can't do it for us, but they can help. They can be our cheerleaders. Our greatest cheerleaders. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you stepping in, Grace. And I love how the universe has lined us up. And I look forward to spending lots of time with you and sharing insight and love. And I wish you well on your journey. And I am just, I'm your greatest cheerleader with what you're doing. I think it's amazing. And these kids are really, they're so lucky to have you in their corner and being their cheerleader. So thank you for doing the work. Thank you for hearing your call. Thank you for saying yes. Look at you, thank, you woman. For, thank you for picking me up. <laughs> <laughs> we got each other, sweetie. And one last word I'll say is Rama Dasa. And you can look that up and it's a healing chant that many beautiful singers have put out there. It's a healing chant. You can learn it. I used to work with a children's choir and they would laugh at the words, but Rama Dasa, you can sing it for people. And again, like you said, it's just another, another voice, another ancient one though, ancient one. Well, if you'd like to take us out with that, I would love that. Sure. Or whatever, yeah, or whatever sure. song comes yeah. to you. <laughs> no, I'll do that. I'll do that. It's very simple, actually. And it, it goes like this. Ramadasa sasu suham Ramadasa sasu sharing your time with us. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a ratings and review. Hey, did you know that both Angel and Seth have books coming out in 2023? Stay tuned and follow us on all social media platforms at Bites of Light, B-Y-T-E-S-O-F-L-I-G-H-T. Thanks again, and we look forward to sharing space with you again soon. Mm -hmm.